Burning sick leave still there and Army Reserve on today's Fednababble. This is Fednababble, where Kevin and Cassie make federal retirement benefits understandable for humans like you. These two don't hold back as they answer questions from the FedPilot workshops and webinars or from questions submitted by you at fednababble.com. Hi, everyone. I am Kevin Jones. And I'm Cassie Knight. And we're going to answer some questions on today's Fednababble. So the first question is, if I burn my sick leave on an hourly basis, how many hours am I looking at, 48 or 54 I don't want to go over and risk losing a full month by missing the mark. <laughs> okay. <laughs> well, if that wasn't confusing enough, let's let's break this down just a little bit. I think what this person is trying to get at is the 30 days that you so you can use your lick lick leave, whatever that is. Sick leave. <laughs> sick leave in your calculation for your pension. So let's say let's say you have again forty five days of sick leave, um, sure. and you have you can use thirty of that in and use it into the calculations. The fourteen days are are, are use or lose. So when this person says, "What am I looking at? Forty eight or fifty four? I don't know because that's you personally, and we don't know what your situation is, but." Whatever it is, you know, take 30 of that, move it over into the months column, really, and and use yeah. the extra left over. Now, what people don't want to do is accidentally take too many hours and have it take off a whole month because that's what it'll do. Right. So now there is a sick leave chart um, and it's based on. 2087 hours per year. Right. Um, excuse me. And that equals one whole year that will be added to somebody's uh, pension, essentially, if they have that many sick leave hours built up. Okay. So if you burn your sick leave on an hourly basis, how many hours are you looking at for what? Are you looking at that's how many hours you burn or that's how many hours you need to have to could to um, qualify for a full month, like I don't know how many hours this person is starting with, so I don't know how many hours they right. need to burn, right? right. Um, you know, and risk losing a full month by missing the mark. If you're concerned about that, then make sure you have an extra day or two of sick leave to where you know that you're going to be solid, even if you don't um, or. Yeah, even if you don't, or even if you retire, excuse me, <laughs> um, you know, you'd rather lose out on a day or two than a full month. You want to make sure it sounds like this person is really concerned on having that full month. They don't want to lose 28 days or 29 days. We want to yep. make sure that that full 30 days goes over into the pension amount. And so if that's the case, be over by a day or two. Um, yep. But I can't really do the math on what you're looking to burn 48 or 54 because I don't know what you're, how much you're starting out with. So yep. I don't know how much you need to burn. Yep. And that's something that uh, when you, when any federal employee meets with one of our advisors in a trusted network, they can just figure that out. And that's another one. Yes. Let me just figure this out for you. Okay, done. Here you go. 
kind of yeah, answers. because they're submitting all of that information to me to where I know what their sick leave is, um, how many, you know, what their retirement um, service computation date is. So that way we can know exactly how many hours or how many days, sorry, that they're going to have um, with that retirement and then how many sick leave hours they need to uh, have on top of that to make that 30 day mark happen. So if you, you know, if you're coming uh, or getting in touch really with one of our trusted advisors, then we're going to be able to help you figure that out. Um, but unfortunately, I can't do that right now. Yeah. And what you don't want to do <laughs> is, is if you do it by yourself, there's always the chance of saying, oh, I accidentally went into the next month, which takes off money from your pension for the rest of your life. And it has a compounding effect. So obviously you don't want to do that. Okay, next one. Is the gap payment, if I retire before 62, still in place? <clears throat> so in, in Cassie, in the last, last episode or the episode before that, we talked about all the different names for survivor benefit. I mean, not survivor benefit, but special retirement supplement. You're coming up with a new one. What happened? I am. Look at that. <laughs> yes, I am. I just like making up names right here. No, so there's gap payment. There's gap insurance. There's... Uh, Social Security Supplement, Social Security Offset. This is really Special Retirement Supplement. Yes, that is the correct name, Special Retirement Supplement. It is from the federal government. It is not a Social Security benefit. It is strictly a FERS employee's benefit from the federal government. If you retire prior to 62, they will give you a certain amount based on your estimated benefit at 62 with Social Security and how many years, full years of service that you've had. And they'll divide that up and find out what that amount will be for your special retirement supplement. Yeah. Okay. And I can understand so, why people get this confused because it mm -hmm. does, in, in the formula, it pulls over Social Security, the Social Security amount that you get at 62. So, right. It makes sense and why it, people get And confused. it's also subject to that earnings test. Right. From, that's very similar to Social Security. Right. Right. The, the government's kind of adopted that earnings test <laughs> from Social that. Security and they use it for this benefit. And so it's a very confusing benefit, um, especially when people don't realize that uh, Social, um, Social Security supplement, which is what I hear most commonly. Um, is something that is actually a Social Security benefit for like disabled people and things like that. There is a supplement income for folks. And right. so they don't realize that, though, when they're talking about the special retirement supplement. And it's very, very confusing. And this name gets thrown around with so many different variations. And people gap payment, right? I mean, it could be viewed as a gap payment because it's for um, employees who are under 62 and it only lasts until you're age 62 when you are eligible for Social Security. Even if right. you don't begin drawing Social Security, it only lasts until you're 62 and so it fills that gap of time before Social Security uh, is is eligible to be drawn. And so I can understand how people come up with the name, but the real name is Special uh, Retirement Supplement. <laughs> what is and it? Do you even know? <laughs> it is still in place yes. if you're before age 62 and you retire. However, only on an immediate full pension. Right. And, and I'll, I'll... go out on a MRA plus 10 basis, 
you're not going to receive the special retirement right. supplement. But I want to make sure right. we're really clear on that. It does depend on the type of retirement you have on whether or not you're going to be eligible for this benefit. So is it still in place? Overall, the answer is yes. But again, remember, it depends on how you retire, but it also can depend, maybe possibly in some future point, if Congress decides to take it away. And they're always looking at trying to figure out, should we take it away or should we leave it? So that's one thing that I hear a lot in the workshops is that people are worried, okay, is it still going to be there? And the answer is, it's there now until it's not. So (laughs) we don't don't know. It's kind of like the high three to high five, right? People are concerned about that being an issue as well. Exactly. It is something that is seems to be constantly on the house floor for them to discuss it really when it gets passed we will let you know okay (laughs) we'll make note of that but for now we're dealing with what is current and in place as of today because that's the best information we have so many of these benefits are constantly on the house floor and being discussed about being changed or withdrawn or what have you and until that actually happens though we have nothing to go on. We can't tell you when that will be or what that's going to look like. Um, and so until then, we're going to go with what we know and what's in yep. place today. And and the, the funny thing about this, we, we get in discussions like this all the time about uh, in the workshops, is that, well, if it's not going to be there, I would plan differently. Well, that's true, but you can't mm-hmm. let it stop you from planning. You still have to plan, assuming that it's going to be there, and then maybe make a, you know an alternative. If it's not, then what do we do? And those are the concessions we have to make as we're planning all those, okay, what if situations, okay, what if it's not there? Well, then we'll do this. Uh, what if FEHB changes, or what if uh, Medicare changes, or what if the TSP changes, or you know all these, the high three, like you mentioned, goes to high five. It, we have to be careful with that. Yeah, what if Social Security is not there by the time I retire? Right, and you know exactly. what? All of these all of these are very valid concerns and that's why our advisors that we have in our trusted network um, are experienced in answering those questions. They make sure that, you know, whatever scenario plays out or whatever what if scenario plays right. out is accounted for when they do that financial plan with you, um, whether it's to make sure that you have more, you know, tax-free income or whatever your goal or situation is, um, they're going to help you make sure that you're covered with all of these different buckets and all of these different benefits and make sure that they're working together as a well-oiled machine and to get you to where you need to where you need to be. And if something happens, if something breaks, and where, how are we gonna fix that situation? Um, and they really distill that down. So all of these are very great questions um, and very valid concerns. And just know that an advisor should be able to answer them for you. If they're not helping you plan right, let us know. We'll get you in touch with somebody who is versed in the federal benefits and understands exactly how to coordinate them with outside planning. Yeah, and I'll also mention that along with that, Cassie, that things will go wrong. <laughs> things things yep. will go not as planned. It's going to happen. And Always. so, you know, we may, we, if, if we're trying to do this ourselves, I may be focusing on, well, what if Social Security goes away and trying to plan for that when it's possible that it were, were, when it's m- probably most likely Social Security won't go away. Now, I'm not saying that 
that it will or won't or, you know, possibilities on that. But there are certain things that we may think are big. Well, for example, one, I remember one lady was really worried about high three to high five. Mm -hmm. And she said, I, I've got to retire before they make it high five. And I said, wait a minute. Do you realize for most federal employees, if they change from high three to high five, there's going to be such small difference that you're not going to notice the difference. Number one. And number two, the chance of it happening are very small. So I wouldn't I wouldn't base your whole when you're going to retire off of that. It's easy for us to place undue burden uh, or, or emphasis on one situation or one benefit when we should really kind of back off and have a more balanced approach. And that's what an advisor does, help us, helps us balance that much more than we would our own because we have those emotions that, that get in the way. Absolutely. And so. say they don't take Social Security away. What happens if they increase taxes instead? Because right. we need more Social Security, right? There's all of these different Oh, I didn't think about that, that one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's yeah. That's why we... We help people, uh, or not we, but our advisors help people, yeah. you know, with those situations and know exactly how to, say, counteract those what-if scenarios and make sure that you're set up so no matter what happens, you're still set to meet your goals. Yep. Perfect. Okay, okay. last question. How does last the Army question. Reserve pension play into all this? I'm going to let you take this away, Cassie. You go for it. <laughs> Is this a question that you not get very often in your workshops about um, reserve and active duty service? We don't. I don't think because a lot of people okay. understand how that works and the bonus that they get. I, I Very few people that I have talked to, when I bring it, if I bring it up, most people are like, what? I'm in reserve or I was in reserve and I, I don't know about this. And I, I'm kind oh of surprised goodness. by that. Yeah. Okay. So... <sighs> Let me take a deep breath here. <laughs> <laughs> I love it. Because there is a lot going on with reserve folks, okay? And they have a huge benefit that they don't even know about. I would right. say most of them don't realize what a benefit they have just being a reservist as opposed to active duty, okay? When it comes into relation to their federal pension, I should say, I don't mm -hmm. know what the other benefits or non-benefits could be of reserve or active duty, but when it plays into your pension on the federal side, it can really be beneficial to be a reservist. And here's why. You can, if you have retired from the Army Reserves or Navy Reserve, if you have retired um, from the reserve service, then you can quote unquote double dip your pension um, on the federal side because you can collect your reserve pension and you can make a deposit for your reserve service and collect uh, on that reserve time for both pensions. What? That's craziness. So, let me just clarify this a little bit. <coughs> Excuse me. But with somebody with active duty military service, if they've bought back their service on the federal side, they waive their military pension. So they will no longer receive them at a, a military pension when they begin their federal pension. They reserve or they um, receive that federal pension and military pension combined in one federal right. pension check. But as a reservist, you still collect your, fe or your reserve pension 
And you can also collect that federal pension with that reserve time included and make that federal pension more robust on that side as well. And so you have, you still, that's why they call it double dipping because you can collect your reserve pension and your federal pension and get credit for that reserve time in both pensions. That's the bottom line. And and how does the government allow that? I mean, so it's not all reserve service. Um, And let me just make sure that we're, we're clear on the service time that can be included for uh, the federal side. And that's the two weeks in the summer and any training or deployed service. Okay, so the time that cannot count is the one week in a month drill time for reservists. They cannot buy back that service, but they'll get time for all the rest of it. Okay, so pretty decent there if you know about it. And if you play it right, here's another great example. If you know about this, if you play it right, you can score with this. And those are right. again something in the in the report that you you would you would catch if no one else caught it. You would catch and say, "Oh, look at this! You oh, can you double bet. dip here." You bet. We are making this note constantly back to our advisors and say, "Hey, look, this person's a reservist. They haven't made a deposit. Let you know they need to follow this process to make sure that they get credit for that service right. because they can double dip here." Now, I want to be clear: there is an exception. Like all rules, there are always exceptions. Of course. And that's for military reserve technicians. If you are a military (laughs) reserve technician and you are having to have that military status because of your civilian um, job, then that is where you will only collect the reserve pension and the federal pension because you're already getting credit on both sides. Okay, so you don't receive the quote unquote double dipping factor like if you were a reserve and had your federal service separate. So you do so. realize that you just took a number of people on an emotional co- roller coaster saying, oh, I'm so excited that it dropped them flat. Well done, Cassie. I just want to make sure that everybody understands exactly how things work. I get it. No, I I think that's good because it always depends. There are always exceptions to things. Uh, I don't care what it is. There's always an exception to different things. So to make sure that you understand what they are and what the future things are, make sure you like, subscribe, follow, get notifications, all that good stuff on uh, on Fendababble. Share this with your friends. Please help them understand the benefits friends that you get. Family, everybody, let them yep. know. <laughs> yep. Everyone. And then, Cassie, what do you do in the end? Um, Go to FennaBaba.com and request a report. Take action. Take action on your benefits and make sure that you are in control of what that financial picture looks like for you. You got it. Great. Thanks for joining us, and we will see you next time. To get Cassie's comprehensive report on your federal retirement benefits at no cost, no obligation, and no sales pitch, go to fednababble.com. While you're there, submit a question for them to answer on the show.